My friends, what lays before you is the myriad knowledge of an unfathomable universe. Join our intrepid remembrancers as they explore the heresy as history. From deep within the farthest reaches of the great library of Tiska, we are the Heresy Grad School. So said the War Master in his wisdom. Go forth, my sons, and illuminate them. Of those worlds within the Nostramo sector, known to have been inhabited prior to the outbreak of the Horus Heresy and the subsequent loss of contact, only two retained any viable population by 017M31. The rest lay in ruins. Some of these worlds were found to have been obliterated or infested by hostile Zeno breeds, while others appear to have destroyed themselves in brutal internal civil strife, both between those of loyal or traitor sympathies and between factions of the Eighth Legion itself. However, some of these previously bountiful worlds were sacked and left barren by an unknown force of Legioners Astartes, warriors bearing many similarities to those who struck Tenebore. The following picked record is from the personal logs of the rogue trader Erasmus Scaith, and is excerpted from the voyage of his ship, the Invidious Glory, made through the Nostromo sector in the early years of the first century of the 31st millennium. It deals with an expedition to the ruins of Hive World Cairn, which in the years before Horus tore the galaxy apart was a Hive World of untold billions and origin of much of the Nostromo sector's riches. While rogue trader Scaith found none of the wealth he sought, what he did uncover speaks of the character and origins of the unknown enemy who struck the sector. Log file 8446-014-Nostramo, as dictated by rogue trader Erasmus Scaith, master of the invidious glory to his servant, the faithful Cadmus Ran, in 020.m31. Log file 944-alpha. Thanks to the star charts set down to aid the Great Crusade, and the fitful graspings of our navigator, we arrived in orbit of the world once known to the Imperium as Cairn. Described in the old records of the Great Crusade as an enclave of technology and reason among dark and squalid stars, Cairn was a towering bastion of industry whose creations brought untold wealth into the coffers of the lords of Nostromo before the Night Hunter brought destruction upon that world. Here, where the servants of the Undying Emperor had reported only ruins and silence at the end of the Horus heresy, we had hoped to find a treasure of salvage, a wealth stored in resources, perhaps, or storehouses of arms and munitions still waiting to be claimed by the warriors of the Horus heresy. Maybe even that most sought after of treasures, the encoded secrets of a lost STC template. 
All right. So, I mean, it's kind of cool that we have, uh, I know, Dave, you were mentioning this while we were listening to it, but it's kind of cool that we actually now have this location that we can put on a map with Karen. Yeah, Karen is Karen is on the map um, that we see at the beginning of this um, story about the scouring of Nostromo. Um, and we have sort of two different reports coming in now, right? So this, this is all part of the um, the research that AK is doing, digging into the the why Nostromo has gone dark and um, roughly similar timestamps uh, coming back. Um, you know, obviously these are with some degree of uh, uncertainty, but uh, roughly around the same time as, as the Blood Angels Redemption fleet is going out, we have this uh, rogue trader expedition uh, launching at the same time, which I think is very cool, right? Because it's not just about hunting down the traders in the aftermath of the Horus heresy. The scouring is more than just um, retribution. It's going back and seeing what can be recovered, right? What kind of um, war stocks and technology and survivors and um, are still out there. And, it, and, and from the looks of it, it looks like that's the uh, the task of these rogue traders that go out to try to you know reestablish contact in the the dark places of the Imperium. Got to get those sexy STCs, my man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's always about what the new STCs. kind of bolter can we find? Um, no, yeah, and and it's. I mean, other than we have a rogue trader reading it, it it almost reads like a rogue trader. We have mention of coffers and secret treasures and things like that. It's kind of like it embodies how I think a rogue trader would talk about exploration. Um, but no, it's an interesting stepping point into, into these log files. Yeah. I mean, the rogue traders are, are certainly not um, just in it for the glory of the Imperium. Right. I mean, they're, absolutely in it for themselves as well they they have a profit motive um and you know whatever riches would be recovered from you know karen uh i'm sure not all of them would make it back to the you know the the bounty of of the nascent imperium i mean tara gets a little profit but not all the profit right yeah yeah I guess let's get into these uh these other two log files then. Accessing records. Log file nine four six alpha. Uh even the rogue traders don't seem super excited about uh checking out Cairn. Uh it's a pretty apropos name too, considering. Uh even though they're, you know, sorting through I, I don't know, in this point they're almost uh government-sponsored uh, war profiteers, right? Because they're essentially salvaging, like, all of these battlefields, hoping to find stuff they can sell back to the Imperium. But uh, checking out Cairn here, uh, they're not super excited. Uh, it even says they, uh, <laughs> the appearance of the world itself dampens their enthusiasm for whatever disaster had overtaken it. Uh, they'd rendered the hives 
into basically just giant rubble hills. Uh, now, however, those subsurface levels uh, from scanning appear to be intact, so small consolation prize, hopefully. Uh, and they're hoping that since these massive structures have collapsed in on themselves, that it will sort of, you know, seal away some of those underhive levels and that casual scavengers can't get to things that may be more valuable uh, housed closer in there. So, uh, touching down with our little Arvis lighters, they've got uh, 23 armsmen, uh, most of whom are apparently ex-solar auxilia uh, from the Imperial Army and some of the engineering crew. And uh, bringing them along, since they've been hanging out with tech priests for so long, they could uh, you know, fleece out valuable things from junk that's otherwise rubble. So, Jason, I just want to pause very quickly here, because um, I don't know if this was intentional, but I'm pretty sure it was, right? Because... Um, just Alan Bly is a master of this. So what we have here are veterans of the Solar Auxilia mm -hmm. that are now in the Imperial Army. So I do not think the Imperial Army, if it existed before um, the Horus Heresy, I'm not sure in what sense it existed. Um, but it does seem like now these Solar Auxilia regiments um, have been sort of uh, seconded to rogue traders and that they probably will then go on to make up the um, elite on board ships, uh, void ships and stuff like that. So, so kind of know. a precursor to the Lucifer blacks, which is what, we, what I think the solar auxiliary is kind of known as now, I guess if, and now I'm talking about like M40, M41, that kind of stuff. I guess maybe it could follow a similar pattern. Uh, as you know, the Lucifer Blacks were reduced down below useful regiment strength, but they were so, like, hyper, you know, veteranized. Is that a word? They were so experienced that they didn't want to disband them entirely, so they ended up parting them out as, like, little teeny regiments for bodyguard, for uh, high-value targets, Lord Commanders, things like that. Uh but yeah, it is really interesting because we're essentially seeing like parts of the Imperialis Exertus, you know, sectioned off for what's essentially like independent privateers. Like, I mean, ostensibly the rogue traders are out there for the good of the Imperium, but also they're making a whole lot of cash on the side, you know, from benefiting the Imperium. But yeah, that is a really good point that I did not pick up on the first couple of times through. Yeah, because we know at some point the Imperialis Exertus, the Solar Auxilia, does get broken up. Um, mm -hmm. And we, I mean, we're pretty sure that's in the aftermath of um, the Horus Heresy and the Scouring because uh, the logic was the High Lords didn't want a single chain of command in charge of both... Um, mm -hmm void assets as well as uh like a like a ground army um that was just too much power to be consolidated under one um lord commander lord marshal um whatever so i wonder if this is sort of um you know uh, a result of of that being uh being 
broken up in that way. It would make sense, but I mean, it even goes a step further than that. Is there essentially granting imperial sanctioned protection and military assets to civilian contractors? I guess would be a way to describe rogue traders. Uh, Could it be like at this point that part of the Imperial Army has made its own sort of private military corporation? Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think you could you could think of of um, rogue traders as sort of a a private military corporation. Um, they certainly still have some responsibilities to the Imperium um, and the High Lords, but they are sort of a law on in, unto themselves and um, out in the void. Certainly in the uh, the dark the dark places left by the Horus Heresy and Horus's rebellion. I mean, yeah, you, you know, might makes right. You know, if you if you have the power to enforce your will, then you basically become the de, de facto authority in wherever you are. Well, yeah, because I mean, we've talked about before. Some of these rogue traders have like you know writs of sanction from the emperor himself. So some of these gods are like, some of these guys are like their own little independent high lords. Yeah, yeah, I think absolutely. Out in the void, they certainly um, have that authority. Pretty cool. So let's see what they find on uh, on this desolate rock. Heck yeah. Accessing records. Log file 946. Beta. All right. So, good news and bad news. Uh, these collapsing hives did exactly what our little exploration party thought they were going to do. They were a very, very effective means of kind of entombing some of the lower levels uh, to the point that it proves way more difficult than what they were initially expecting. Uh, almost like someone had intentionally blown the hives so that they would shield the levels underneath. Now, of course, this is probably, you know, ramping up the enthusiasm of our little explorator party here, uh, because if they go to all the effort of demolishing entire hive structures just to shield the levels underneath, there's got to be something good under there, right? So uh, utilizing all of their little specialist breaching tools, um, kind of have to go about it uh, cautiously. Uh, they don't want to bring down a secondary collapse. But uh, just a couple minutes into you know breaching some of these hidden vaults, they're in almost instantly set upon by uh, maybe some sort of mutated Xenosbreed. Not too sure about that. But uh, waves of stinking, hollow-eyed, emaciated creatures. So, uh, pretty spooky. Uh, they are blinded by even weak light from Karen's sun. So, obviously, they're subterranean and have been for quite some time. Uh, <laughs> kind of a bit of a problem. The engineering adepts that were brought along to identify valuable equipment, uh, swiftly pulled down by these... Uh, creepy zombie aliens, uh, even some of their 
outlined centuries. Uh, and again, like we were just talking about, these aren't, you know, rando imperial, you know, foot troopers. These are veterans from that are essentially ex-solar auxilia. They've got modern LAS rifles, modern equipment, modern body armor. But uh, these creepy things are kind of numberless. Uh, they are eventually driven back by LAS fire from those same bunch of armsmen. And uh, even though they have to end up retreating from that entrance to form a firing line on something that's more opening, or something that's more open and easily accessible, easier to set up, uh, you know, firm lines over. Uh, this does mean they have to abandon some of their party to kind of save the rest of them. And unfortunately, this does exhaust the vast bulk of the ammunition they brought with them. And at this point, once they've gunned down a few hundred of them, uh, they figure out that these are, in fact, not a creepy desiccated Xenos breed. They're, in fact, human. Uh, maybe even the original hab in, um, hive inhabitants that have just been kind of stuffed into the irradiated darkness down here. Now, uh, it is kind of a harsh comparison because these rogue traders probably are not used to this. Uh, we outside of, you know, the universe itself are well used to, you know, Necromunda and all the like hives out there, just like levels and levels and levels of creepy underhive sumps and horrible mutants and all sorts of, you know, staples of the 40K universe. But this is probably not something that has been front and center for, especially not a rogue trader, but even some of the veteran armsmen who have been, you know, maybe even great crusade veterans. Not something they're used to dealing with. But um, rather than risking themselves and their now depleted numbers uh, beneath Cairn, rogue trader brings down reinforcements from orbit. Um, <laughs> Uh, staying here, uh, fortunately bartering the considerable authority of my writ of trade for the services of the 83rd Mimlock cohort. So uh, they had previously been stationed at Golgorod for refit. And like Dave and I were talking about earlier, this is, uh, this is a pretty big deal. It looks like what's left of an entire cohort of solar auxilia that this guy is essentially requisitioning for uh, these trade ventures. Yeah, Jason, that's my take as well. I think what Golgorod shows up on the um, on the star chart at the beginning of this section, and so you can kind of um, infer that the course this rogue trader sort of charted, um, you know, he stopped over at Golgorod for probably refit. Um, and then while he was there, it says he barters the writ of his of trade. So he's probably in some type of negotiation with the ruling council, maybe planetary governor of uh, Golgorod. And he basically says, look, I need these guys because um, I'm going out into the dark and um, don't know what I'm going to find there. But uh, whatever we find, I'll, I'll bring you back some as long as you, you give me this um, you know, probably what ends up becoming like a like a security detachment. Um, 
but that that's it just it does shine a light into the way negotiations work in sort of this period of um yeah you, you know the imperium is still trying to reestablish itself so it must be very must be very loose in terms of like power structure mm-hmm. well i mean they're essentially trying to piece everything back together after the heresy right yeah so i imagine yeah. you know money kind of says a lot yeah sure certainly money and power because i mean you just never know what's going to happen so uh yeah i think that this makes a lot of sense for the rogue trader to um sort of use his writ of trade uh to get some more um material strength and then uh basically make some make some deals but the beginning of this part is just such classic sci-fi horror right I mean, you have a small landing party going down. Uh, they're cutting into the subterranean levels of of a destroyed hive world, and yeah, what comes out is is not recognizable as human anymore, right? I mean, I love it. Um, yeah, those poor bastards with the cutting tools, right? Just get dragged down, dragged off somewhere. Who knows? Um, the landing party, which is like what, 27, 23 guys, Not you know, <laughs> all veterans of, of the heresy, right. Pretty, mm-hmm. pretty hardened, um, are only able to sort of make their escape by retreating in good order, falling back and, uh, you know, getting back to the Arvis lighter. But yeah, this, this is, this would be such a good, um, zone mortalis game to play right just uh, endless hordes of uh mutated zombies coming out oh that would be good be like solar auxilia versus militia yeah yeah but there are definitely some fates worth worse than worse than death right so uh the inhabitants of cairn those that survived i guess horace's retribution um no happy endings no happy endings. Accessing records. Log file 947-alpha. All right, guys. Let's talk about that double dip into the creepy darkness full of cannibalistic mutants under Cairn. So, uh, reinforced uh, tech adepts coming back down with more armored auxilia. And... Uh, you know, setting up lumen caster arrays to kind of push back the darkness. And uh, secondarily, of course, to catalog anything they come across. This time, a lot more careful with the tech adepts, because not only are they helpful, but uh, also they're the only ones who know what's worth anything. So uh, to this day, haunted by what they found under the piles and piles of rubble at Cairn, just uh, massive charnel pits of corpses that just stretch beyond what they can actually illuminate with the equipment they have on hand. Uh, Just squalid caves and detritus left behind by these cannibalistic subhuman underground dwellers. And that it's basically like a de-evolutionary plague that's consumed most of the survivors of Cairn. Um, More or less every chamber they break into kind of holds what 
is left over uh, from these survivors attacking and eating one another. Uh, what were basically fellow citizens uh, before this. And uh, these people who've basically been hanging out under here and reproducing, waiting for this to happen. Uh, some of the units of the Solar Auxilia that were lost in that uh, initial engagement when their Lumen Casters failed, and uh, inhabitants of uh, these caves and subterranean systems are overwhelming them. Uh, some of them, they're finding like basically just torn fragments of armor uh, as the wounded are kind of dragged away as stock, you know, to be consumed later. So essentially, uh, subhuman is a pretty apt term because there is more or less no humanity left here, uh, long since been extinguished uh, by basically a decade or more trapped under here beneath Cairn and just completely forgotten as around them the Imperium is going through this civil war, and they've basically been forgotten this entire time. So, I don't know about you guys, but my mind automatically jumped to, do you remember, it, well, it was a book by H.G. Wells, but then it became a movie, um, The Time Machine, and you had the Morlocks, which were the devolved, or humans that lived underground and essentially fed on on the humans that lived above ground and oh yeah yeah it, like i automatically started thinking of like wow this makes perfect like this is a perfect comparison um yeah but i mean this this paragraph here just like or this log file just makes them sound even more creepier oh yeah H.G. Yeah. Wells only alluded to cannibalism, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely cha channeling some of that, you know, classic archetypal sci-fi horror. Um, it just makes me think of, like, what would it be like trapped in a hive uh, after, you know, the surface has been nuked, right? Totally irradiated. There's... There's no clean water. There's no food. You're trapped underground. And um, I mean, how quickly do you think it would, you know, how quickly would things just, just spiral out of control, right? And uh, maybe there was more going on. I mean, you know, maybe there was some warp chicanery going on, some madness. Maybe there were already cults in the dark underneath the hive you know, just waiting to come out as soon as law and order collapsed. But um, yeah, it's just, uh, it is grim, you know, it is very grim. And uh, definitely not all the places in the Imperium are just um, hanging out, waiting for, you know, somebody carrying the flag to come back. So, so, yeah, I like, I like it. It's good. It's good stuff. All right. Well, I think that's it for this episode, unless uh, Dave and Jason have anything else to add. No, nothing, nothing to add on my, my part. Yeah. Hope you all have enjoyed this part of uh, our Nostromo coverage. We're going to have a, a part B to our lesson three coming out in a few weeks. But uh, 
hope to talk at y'all soon. Now, uh, fuck off, Craig. Fuck off, Craig. <laughs>